Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, you'll find the page and you'll have to just answer two simple questions to make sure that you're going to send out good vibes to everybody in the group before we let you in. But hop on over there and join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and, and building one another up. Uh, as well as giving others a, a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And it's been a really awesome experience so far. We've done two of them so far, and we have... Uh, several, several dozen have been submitted, so uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only, only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions, but we would love for you to submit one of your films over at WeddingFilmAcademy.org and then definitely make sure you join the Facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live. So hop on over to that Facebook group and we will see you there. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This we're bringing back on some fan favorites here. We got we're going to record at least a couple of episodes while we're here at Shutterfest with our fantastic friends from Schweitzer Film, the What's up, infamous guys? podcast from WPPI, our first explicit podcast. So. We'll see what happens here today, but today we have our explicit guest is sitting behind me answering emails so that we can try to keep this one a little bit cleaner. We've Joe. quarantined Joe. We've quarantined him over to the corner. So instead we have Brock Falcondale. TJ, why do you have Brock Falcondale's uh, uh, Hey guys, badge? TJ. TJ Gaylord here from Schweitzer Film, also known <laughs> as... Brock Falcontail. For some reason, his hey, name Brock. tag says Brock Falcontail. Brock Falcontail here <laughs> from San Diego. Um, so sometimes when you go to conferences, they have a badge ready for you with your name on it. And it makes you feel good as a person. <laughs> it makes you feel wanted and needed and loved. <laughs> and sometimes you go to a conference that you're speaking at and they don't have anything for you. They don't have any information for you. They don't have your picture up anywhere. And what it does is it humbles you. <laughs> Because you are nothing. Well, sometimes you need to be humbled. Sometimes you got to be a Brock. A Brock Falcon Tail. Brock Falcon Tail. So, guys, uh, if you can't see, uh, which would be weird if you could because this is an audio format, uh, my attendee badge says Brock Falcon Tail. But this is why that I think this is actually a good thing. Yeah. Because today's topic is all about drones. True. So, the fact that we're having a podcast with you wearing a badge that says Falcon Tail, I think it's pretty relevant to the conversation because Falcon, Falcons Phantom, fly. it's all Fal- along Falcons the same. fly just like drones fly, just like yes. your hopes and dreams fly into the sky. 
And then they I get think crashed uh, down whenever you get a badge that says Waldo Brock Falcon Emerson. Tail on it. Brock Falcon Tail. Also, Brock sounds like a drone bro. That's that's fair. Which we all are in our hearts. We're all drone bros. We Even? also have with us today, we have Kristen Rollins. Hello, hello. I'm just editing and over here. I'm going to be giving as much information as I can about drones because TJ and Joe are the ones that fly, but I'll... But I'll Kristen has a class. She has a class in 58 minutes. To be exact. Going yeah. over editing. I do. How to edit like a pro, not a punk. Aww. Is that the name of the class? Uh, pretty close, but I like... Don't Suck at Editing by Kristen Rolla. That's more like it. That's more like it. That sounds about right. Yeah. So what's the main... What's the number one tip for not being bad at editing? Oh. Um, how can I be a better editor? How can you be a better one editor? Word. Yeah. One just, word. Just... Oh, in one word? Or one sentence. There's no rules. <laughs> um, p- practice. 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 We talking about practice. More reps. More reps. And just doing the thing. So do it more. If you do it more, you'll get better. Yes. I was not prepared for this question, if you can't tell. Well, I mean, the topic was about drones. Yeah. And then TJ turned the conversation. Sorry. But this is actually I'm excited about your class. Right? That's all. That, I mean, it's the same advice for drones, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So so today we taught a class on drones, and it was really Drone 101. What do you need to know? If you've never flown a drone before, what are the basic building blocks that you need, the foundation, if you will, the cement poured into the ground that's going to be the house of your drone abilities? What is that foundation uh, need to be. And so we went over um, some really basic stuff, which of course, with the questions, the class was great. Asked some really specific questions, um, some questions that uh, showed they were a little more advanced, some of them than others. Uh, and so with drones, you know, one of the biggest things is just getting reps, getting comfortable flying it. Uh, and that is something that everybody can do right now. If they have a drone, go outside and film a tree, film a building. Don't run into the building. Film some cars. Don't crash your drone car. ever. Don't hit the cars. So that that's really that was a, a, an overarching theme of uh, of the class today. So speaking of not crashing your drone, do you have any yes. drone crash stories? No, never. We are professionals. Hold on, time out, time out, T Mart. Um, oh, we so so oh, you weren't there for that part. What so part? in the Schweitzer film history, there's a there's a long history of Schweitzer film being drone uh, pioneers. So how many, it was like eight years ago, seven, six, oh. nobody even knew what a drone was. No. And Schweitzer Film had purchased um, through some sort of German uh, yes. Silk Road that you had to use mm. Bitcoins and they built an octocopter. It was. It was this giant thing they had to build and, and use German instructions and import parts and, and soldering. There's soldering involved and it held a 5D Mark III. It was the bane of my existence. So the Schweitzers so, brought drones to America. All right. Yes, guten tag. So I but guess this drone, we will take it's credit. A, it's, it's, a, it's very first flight, Troy, Illinois, oh. went up into the air in mm. all of its magnificent glory and everybody, ooh and odd, the whole Sarge Film team, as I was told, as the story goes. Yes. Ooh and odd until the poor thing crashed out of the sky. And and it didn't land in the open field that we were flying in. No, we not. decided to fly um, over by a parking lot. And it Yikes. decided to instead fall from the sky and crash into the parking lot. So RIP Joe, Joe's 5D. RIP 5D. RIP Octocopter. The drone flew. It flew high. It flew far. 
It came crashing down. It landed on the road. And I thought that we landed on a human. Oh, my God. I, that's all that was going through my head is that this, this, this thing, and if it, if it hit them, I mean, I, I was thinking bad, bad, bad. I get over there. I walk out of the yard. I look at the road, and I see a plumber truck with a plumber outside of his van just sitting there looking at it, staring at this thing. And I said, sir, are you okay? (laughs) And he looked at me. He looked at the drone. He looked at me and he said, what the hell is this? (laughs) So season two of Making a Murderer, Joe kills somebody with a drone, with the octocopter. And so this was this was years ago. And so when when I came on board, we were not um, our team eternally had had deep emotional scars. And so we were not flying drones on our own. We were hiring other people, other shooters to come uh, fly drones. And so uh, soon we found out how dummy proof DJI has made their products. It's pretty awesome. And so as a couple of dummies, we bought a Phantom 4. And we have been using it um, ever since. We bought another one. We've actually run those kind of into the ground. We've used them so much. And we have uh, late last year bought our first Mavic. Mavic Mavic? The Mavic Pro. Yep. Mavic Pro, um, which has is, is been really cool and fun for us. So that is, uh, that's kind of the where we're at with drones. Um, and we just use them. Man, we use them all the time. You know, we, it, it's such a wide variety of shoots. You know, wedding days. Um, we'll use them when we can. Uh, one little trick we talked about was, you know, shooting the wedding day or shooting a different day for drone stuff. So some of your venues, your venues are going to look the same on Tuesday, guys. Yep. You, you make sure the clouds are similar. You know, if it's raining that day, don't go shoot sunny. It, that'll look weird. But but besides that, you can't really tell. It. Right. Then that'd be rainy. It would be rainy. You have to wait till it's rainy again and make it look the same. So, so that was that was another thing we touched on. Um, you know, the drone shots are that thing in wedding videos specifically. They they give it a little edge. They give it a little something more. Um, we we chopped up the videos and showed exactly how many shots that were drone shots in these wedding videos. There's like five max, five shots, not very long, but they matter. They matter as far as the whole tapestry of of the video um they're an important part a crucial part uh and a part that can help you stand out from other competitors in your area yeah absolutely i um i remember when i first started flying first time i got up in the air this well this is the first time this is like within the first like two weeks this was before there was any kind of regulation on these things. Well, the regulation was there, but the regulation was like, you have to learn how to fly a commercial airplane if you want to fly this drone. <laughs> you remember this was, this was sad times. But, so, so nobody was like following any kind of rules or anything. So I was flying over state property, state of Texas, and I was getting this footage of, there's this church building that hired me to fly to get some footage for some promo they were doing and to try to find out where this leak was on the roof (laughs) (laughs) so i'm flying Cool photos find the leak yeah (laughs) and repair it repair it It all worked out thankfully i didn't have to repair it but it saved them like 10 grand of having to hire some guy to come out on the roof of this massive building so worked out good for them 
But afterwards, I went on a little bit of a joyride, and that thing hit a telephone wire and went crashing down. And I had Don't go. I'm a, shaking my head. I Everybody a, can see this. I had a state officer who delivered my drone back to me. Oh, so you didn't find it? No. Uh, he found it, and I found him. Yikes. But he didn't know the rules either. So he Here's, just gave it back to me. There's two things I'd like to say about that story. One, if you'd have been in class today, you'd have learned that every time we, we fly a drone, we want to be smart and we want to be safe. Okay? So taking a joyride. Hey. Okay? A little joy. Any? Uh, is there anything about the word joyride that screams smart and safe? Yes. False. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> the second thing. Joy is smart to have joy in your life. (laughs) Joy. I have joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Oh, okay. Down in my heart to stay. But (laughs) um, the the other thing is that you touched on is nobody knows the rules. And this is something we talked about in our class. You need to be familiar with the rules because nobody else knows anything. And so security guards, local police, people who own buildings, they don't understand – who owns the air above their building? Uh, the answer is the federal government does, and you can use that air space, airspace. Uh, and so, like all the rules and regulations, get you can get really murky, real in the mud. But generally, um, know your stuff because nobody else will, and just avoid people when you're flying drones. Be in the plan. car, hide your face, be by yourself. Don't wear a mask. That would be a little too much. But but you can hide away from the things that you're filming um, so you don't get accosted by, you know, uh, Jimmy Mall Cop who wants to yell at you about something he has knows nothing about. But he knows that it's illegal. Yeah. Well, hey, what you're doing is illegal, son. Like, no, sir, you, you don't know what you're talking about. But And really the key, you know, somebody asked me in class today, said, well, should I ask permission to film all the venues, you know, in my area? I said, no. You, you safely and legally, you just go do it. And if they ask you to stop, you stop. Or you stop for now. You can come for back now. a different day. I mean, most of the, when you talk about venues, like what venue is not going to be like if, if you're filming and, you, and they ask you to stop, you could say, well, I was going to give you this drone footage for you to use on your website. You, it, uh, This is where it's... It, it's one of those things where it's like people are going to ask you to stop because they're scared. They, they don't know you. They think you're going to crash. They think you're going to hurt somebody. So you can kind of put them at ease. You can kind of, you know, they don't know how long it takes for the, the drone to come back to you. Maybe you have to do three circles before it comes back. I don't know. You say, hey, can you get that down? You say, sure. Yep. Sure. On it. Almost done. Yep. You're always almost done. It's an arbitrary See, amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> they can mean anything. <laughs> There's this weird space in the air that I have to fly around before I can come yeah. back and land. Yeah. That's a good plan. It, I mean, you just you can just avoid conflict but still get get the job done. And that's why, I mean, you know, this is what we do all the time. When we're filming in public, we're filming in areas. It is the, the opposite of, you know, calling every single building on a block, getting per- written explicit permission from everybody because then your costs are going to go way up when you have to do stuff like that. And I don't like rules. Arbitrary rules. Somebody asked me that we had to be safe and legal. Yeah, safe and legal. So, uh, somebody in class asked me. I said I don't like arbitrary rules. I don't like being told what to do. And they're like, "Well, how did your parents raise you?" And I was like, first of all, don't talk about my mother. 
How dare you? <laughs> second, <laughs> second of all, they raised me not to like arbitrary rules. I'm 33 years old. Okay, I'm raised. Not that the, I don't need the federal government to come raise me. And another thing. No. <laughs> While we're on the topic of the nanny state. Yes. So talk to me about the legal aspect of this. Sure. You going through uh, to get certified. So we are federally certified uh, remote pilot pilots. I don't know. It's such a mouthful. Uh, we got our, our, our S S U A S one Oh seven FA license so that we can pilot, uh, unmanned aircraft. Uh, the, the key difference between that and somebody who just is a, an enthusiast is there's this kind of like blanket. I think it's four mile radius around airports that you just can't fly in. If you're a, uh, if you don't have your license, and you might think like, oh, four miles, I don't live by an airport, it's not a big deal. But that's not just international airports, that's all airports. You know, Ray's, you know, country airport down the street that has no planes in it, that counts the same. So it's four miles from any airport. Um, and so it, it's, the test itself will teach you nothing about flying drones. It will not make you a safer pilot, it'll not make you a smarter pilot or a, a better filmmaker. All it will do is give you a little golden ticket that you can use, kind of a get out of, not even get out of jail free card. It's just a thing that the federal government wants you to have to make it harder for people to fly drones. And if you, uh, there's lots of, you always need to check the, you know, I think AirMap is a great, uh, uh, AirMap is a great app. If you're going to fly, it'll show you the space that you're in and and if you can fly a drone there. but besides that, as long as you stay away from Washington, D.C., um, <laughs> stadiums on game day, airports and military bases, you're going to be fine. Generally, you're going to be fine. So, so just stay away from those four places, boys and girls. And also, don't crash your drone. Don't be like the guys in Seattle who ran into the stinking space needle. Okay? Don't be that guy. And also, don't put a pistol on your drone. Because then you're going to make drones illegal for everybody. Yeah. And it could fire. Do you not see this? Oh, yeah. It was like on Instagram. Oh, and you know who came knocking at his door? The, I was going to say Social Security, but the Secret Service. (laughs) I knew it was SS. I was like, somebody. Secret Service came knocking at his door. So just be smart. Be smart and be safe and be legal-ish. I mean, there is something smart about a guy who can rig a pistol up to fire from his drone. Have you seen anything more American? Then a South Korean drone flying a probably Israeli-made pistol uh, shooting Kentucky backwoods. Uploaded to Instagram. That's, that's America in a nutshell. But no, I think I think people are uh, – it is – the test itself is intimidating. You start looking at the study materials, it's intimidating. Guys, you can do it. You're all relatively smart people, most of you. You can do it. There's a few outliers. Okay? I studied 24 hours. That's all I took to study and take the test. I passed it. Did I get the highest score? No. Did I get a good score? I got a good enough score. Okay. Good That's all you need. Yeah. And I will take it any other year. Is it year. a 70% scale? What is it? Um, oh, I forget. It's low. It's low. It, yeah. It's. You have to get, I think, 40. You have to get 41 out of 60, I think, or 40 out of 60. So 42 is totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> what do people need to know? I mean, how do you, what do you, you need do to pre- know? The, you need to know about clouds. 
You need to know about airspace. You need to know about. Um, you need to know about things that have nothing to do with with flying and operating drones, or taking taking photos or taking video. You need to know that you can carry a package up to, but not over, thirty five pounds. Things like that. Are you gonna be flying packages around yeah. in your drone? Uh huh. That's the future. But it's it's just ridiculous things. And so so really like you can be a superstar in your area by getting your license and just by being smart and shooting great stuff. Waking up at sunrise, staying up till sunset, especially in the summer, man, you can get some killer, killer shots. That's when all the best shots are gonna happen. Sunrise to sunset. Sunrise and sunset. Just like when you're filming other things. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again and have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, You'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour, so definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. So... Talk to me through what you're thinking about to get, you're not just being safe and legal, but yeah. to get cinematic looking sure. footage. Because we don't want to just fly that thing around, jerky, mm-hmm. all that. What, what, are you, what are you thinking about when you're actually in the air, what you're going to do in camera? So what we have found is that long, steady shots give us the most opportunity to be creative and post. So long i don't have to be cute when i'm when i'm filming okay i don't have to do everything i can let the beautiful landscape be the shot i don't have to be like look how cool i can be with my boop, 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 boop. Um, as soon as you make an adjustment that shot that's the end of the shot so what i like to try to do is if i'm doing a reveal of a big landscape i'm just going to be it's going to be 30 40 50 seconds of me slowly just pulling back as far as far as I can go. That'll give me opportunities for speed ramps. That'll give me opportunities for um, little slow shots. That'll give me a lot of opportunities. And then, um, and what we do is, if we're filming one subject, 
So let's say we're out filming a tractor trailer, you know, a, a big truck, a big rig um, with a city behind it and it's sunrise. I'm, it's not really moving. So all the movement's coming from the drone, from the camera. And so I'm just going to do a lot of different things at a lot of different altitudes. So a shot at 50 feet, 100 feet, 200 feet, and 400 feet are all very different shots. And I can get all of those and have a wide variety of, of shots with nothing moving except the drone. Um, and so there's there's a few like staple kind of shots that we like to get, you know, a, a jib shot just straight up and down, um, a reveal shot where you're pulling backwards and uh, kind of the subject, whatever you're seeing, kind of reveals in camera. Um, the, the pursue shot where we're following something or somebody or we're coming at them as they're moving out of camera. You know, we really try to keep long, steady shots uh, with the uh, with the drone. And that's counterintuitive when you first get in your hands. You want to start playing with it and start moving the camera and moving the drone and move it. It's like just do one or the other. I mean, simple pans actually look really good when you're 300 feet in the air and it's sunrise in the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania mountainside. You know, it's like you, you don't have to be, you don't have to overthink these, these shots. And so all we're trying to do is make sure our exposure is right, our lighting's right, um, and just getting lots of easy, simple shots. Are you flying, because you talk about slow and steady stuff, are you flying in tripod mode a lot? What, what are you setting your drone to? Um, no, we, we don't do tripod mode because um, we, we had the Phantom 4 for a long time. And so that had like kind of normal mode or sport mode. So we'd keep it off sport mode as long as much as we could, unless you're Joe and he just likes to click it into sport and just zzz, 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 and just zip around. Hammer down. Yeah, he hammers down, which is good when you're following a truck on the interstate. But uh, as much as we can, we try to keep it in the whatever normal tripod mode, so to maximum stability. I'd rather have stability than speed, unless I'm chasing antelope. Or a truck down the interstate. Or truck. It's mostly trucks on the interstate, but I try to think of other things. Yeah. Imaginary things you might be shooting. <laughs> Imaginary uh, safari shoots that we can go on. So uh, you talked about just kind of the slow and steady stuff, but I noticed you doing some stuff because I popped my head into your class for a few minutes. Yeah. Where you're doing two axes. You're moving on two axes. Uh-huh. So talk about that a little bit. So that'll be a little more advanced. Um, so you have two joysticks on the drone. You have your stick that moves the, the drone itself, okay, the physical drone, and then you have one that moves the camera. So if you're as old as me and you played Goldeneye, or really any first-person shooter, it's the same idea. To where you're moving the body and you're moving kind of your, your crosshairs. Um, you have to practice to get a shot where you are going at somebody and, and tilting the camera uh, up or down or you are going around a building they, it does have some modes where you can kind of simply do it um, but I like to have control to where I have a point of, uh, of focus that I'm kind of moving the camera and moving uh, the drone with so that that's a more complicated shot that you can play with and get better at but what I was really trying to drive home today was like man you guys can get such cool and awesome and beautiful drone shots it's going to add so much to your projects by doing the simplest easiest shots you can think of just with the right location being you know 24 frames not 30 uh making sure you're not auto white balance or auto uh auto iso which i just can't believe people would do um don't do that with a drone ever bad that's a bad boy that's a bad girl 
<laughs> if you're doing that. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I mean, you can just you can be simple and really, really, really cool. Um, and you can be complicated and really, really cool. Uh, they, they both work, but it's nice to lay the foundation and get enough reps to where you feel super comfortable getting the easy stuff. Now you can start playing. Now you can start um, trying things out and experimenting with, with shots that maybe you've seen or, or wanted to, to do before. Mm. For, uh, for, for someone who's been in the game a little bit, they've, they've sort of mastered the basics – do you have any do you have any advice for somebody who's wanting to take their drone footage to the next level? Go find weird places. Go exploring. Wake, wake up at 4 a.m. Drive somewhere you've never been for sunrise. Drive somewhere else for sunset. You know, when you're going on family vacation, take the drone with you. The You can really get stuck in a rut if you stay in your kind of your same circle that you're usually in. And for us, what's, what's really nice is, is there are projects that take us out of it. There are projects that take us out of our comfort zone. Um, but sometimes we have to, you know, we're driving up to Chicago for something. We'll just pull over and start filming drone something that we see. Um, that, would be, that would be my challenge to you. Not in specific shots, not in style of shots, but it's in locations. Go somewhere weird. That might be really cool. Yeah. One of the other things I noticed in the few minutes I was in your class there was you had a shot of the couple walking down an alleyway and you were doing this pull away shot as they were walking towards the drone. Is that something you guys do on a regular basis, a shot with a couple in there? Talk to me about sort of the the extra risk involved with right. the humans involved and everything. On, um, legally, you're not allowed to fly over people. Just putting that there on record. I know that we never do that on purpose. The on a wedding day, you can have a lot of time. You can have no time. There have been weddings where we have been able to bring me in to do just drone and just time lapses and just extra stuff. And so while Joe and Kristen are filming with a couple, I'm able to have the drone ready to get my one, two, three shots. And it's usually just of them walking. You know, sometimes it's a jib up where they're walking and then you can jib up. We're in St. Louis. You can see the arch. You know, we, we just try some different things. And sometimes it's a real subtle thing. Uh, we had another wedding where the groom was getting ready at his apartment. And it was like a loft and he had a little balcony. So I got a, a drone shot of him and his brothers kind of having a, having a drink, having a toast uh, on the balcony. Which was like just a real kind of easy, nothing special. I think it was just static. But there's opportunities for cool shots like that that are that are a little bit different, a little bit unique. Um, and all that takes is either having another person there or making sure you have enough time to get the drone up and get those couple of shots that you want. It's not going to make or break the video, um, but it, it's it's nice to have. It adds something. And that what you're talking about, that last year was our most viewed wedding of the year. We knew it was going to be a huge wedding. And so that's why we you know called in all the troops <laughs> for that one. Yeah. Awesome. What would you recommend? I think when you're shooting, you talked about a lot about like sunset, sunrise. It's tough shooting into the sun. Yes. Um, we don't want to blow out our highlights. It'd also be nice to have some detail in the landscape. What are you doing to in those situations where you're shooting 
when the sun's low on the horizon. Are you shooting into the sun? Are you shooting away from the sun? We'll do, you, you know, we'll, we'll do both. It, they're two very different shots. Yeah. And what's cool is if you're getting a landscape, um, you're also going to get these really dynamic shadows with trees. Um, if you have any openings, so a golf course, for example, can just be, depending on the time of the day, it can be really, you know, have really extreme shadows to uh, to kind of your lighter areas. And, and so you just, you give yourself options. You go out the sun, you go away from the sun. You go up, you go in the shadows, you, you adjust for the shadows, you adjust for for the light and you you just play like there's no hard and fast rules except get the best shot and that's like if you just go in with that you know somebody in the class today was asking about some rule he heard about you take the iso times the aperture and you divide every time you shut her up and i was like bro there's no rules i tried to free him i said free you're free from rules the only rule is make it look good Okay, so so when you get to a position where you're like, man, everything just kind of looks terrible. Maybe it's just going to look bad that day. Maybe you need to come back or come back at a different time of the day. Uh, you know, a, uh, a location can look very different at noon and two and three o'clock than it does is five, six, seven p.m. You know, and, and that's where you're going to get your best light. But you can still make things work in the harsher light. Yeah. Sometimes. Talk to me about your um, what you're doing. Are you trying to get like the best image in camera, or are you doing stuff in post? Are you shooting in in D log? Uh, we are very lazy. We want to do the minimum amount of color correcting in post. I'm with you. And so we are we are shooting so that we can do the least amount of editing in post. So I, my goal is not to be as flat as possible. My goal is to be look as good as possible to where we can still make corrections and it doesn't look <clears throat> to make it look the best. So, so yeah, we do, we do color correction, but we try to do a limited amount. What about ND filters? You are using ND filters? Uh, we do, we have some, we don't use them. It is just so rare when we need them that it's not worth messing with them she's cranking the shutter otherwise we'll crank the shutter up to a million if it will go that high we will crank it up all the way and we don't lose i mean watch our stuff and you tell me if we need nd filters you know and it's like it, it is uh yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like you can get caught up in the in the technical aspect of this job of this especially with drones they can be very technical um or you can just say you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just make great shots. I'm just gonna do my best with what's here, with what comes with it, and and see what happens. And once you get comfortable, you get better. Then you can start experimenting and playing with stuff. But no, I, uh, we don't use ND filters. We try to keep our life simple and uh, as simple as we can. Flying little machines in the air in national parks. Not really national parks, but you heard it first here. He cranks that shutter like Soldier Boy. What? <laughs> Cranking that shutter like Soldier Boy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crank, crank that. Woo! I think it's very important to crank your shutter in all areas of life. But particularly with my camera. I'm very against ND filters as well. Although I did get one for my drone and I I do leave it on my drone. But It's fine. On it's my, fine. 
Live on my your, other cameras. Yeah. Well, we do no, have. I don't, I don't have time for that. We do have filters on our. Yeah, we do have ND filters on our cameras. Um, no, no, we don't. Oh, we don't have glass filters just to protect them. See, this is why I don't talk about any gear stuff. Um, it's a combination of ignorance and, and uh, willful dissidence. Um, what drone are you? Speaking of not talking about equipment, are you still using the Phantom Four? Is that your drone? Yeah, we're we're DJI only because uh, we want our drones not to fall out of the sky. So um, you don't like the GoPro drones? I've never used it. Uh, GoPro drones have uh, fallen out of the sky, just like their stock price. And uh, we love GoPros. The new GoPro Fusion, the 360 camera, is awesome. Is it? It is very easy to use and very legit. So, pro tip. It's like $800, $700 at uh, Best Buy. If you use the code... Uh, use, film. Uh, use the code Brock Falcontail at <laughs> checkout. You get 10% off. Um, just kidding. That's not real yet. Uh, but no, um, no, we use DJI, we use Phantom 4, like I said, uh, and now we're starting to use the, the Mavic and we're, you know, DJ, we like, we like the simplicity. We like the, you know, the ability to go at higher speeds. You know, DJI has some products that go super fast, but they're huge. And so we don't have that need yet. Trucks can go pretty slow on the highway. Um, and so until we do, then that's when we'll, we'll kind of level up. Uh, with with different drones, but yeah. DJ, DJI. There's really not even any reason to look at something else at this point. I mean, they're just so good. They're quite affordable for what they are. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, like you're you're playing with a piece of equipment that can literally kill somebody. Okay, so when you're talking about. Rarely, you know, you're looking at a, at a Sony or you're looking at a Panasonic. You're like, oh, I don't know. There's there's pros. There's cons. Neither one of them can potentially kill somebody if they malfunction. I mean, I've heard of third degree burns from these Sony cameras. <laughs> I bet you have. So, yeah. Weird, huh? Hmm. Just putting that hmm. out there. That there's, seems there's stories on seems the very on brand about for this. you. Just putting it out there. So yeah, don't don't mess with a lesser and also with batteries. Buy DJI batteries. Don't buy some There's off-brand batteries? Oh yeah. Oh, a lot of off-brand batteries. Why risk it? Yeah. What are you gonna save? Forty dollars? Yeah. Come on, man. That's somebody's life. That's somebody's son. Grandma. Oh, you want to save forty dollars? Grandma. Way to go. Run over Way to go. Buy a drone. I'm a grandma's death. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Good. So you could buy more Pokemon balls. <laughs> Pro tip from Brock Falcontail right yeah, there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Brock. Don't buy aftermarket Brock. batteries. Boom, boom. Good stuff. So, TJ, is there anything else that people need to know when they're looking into getting in their first drone or stepping their game up with their drones? The... The key to success with flying a drone is getting enough practice so that you're confident but not cocky so that you know what you're doing without being um, ignorant. Respect the drone. Respect the craft. And and keep trying cool and new stuff. Period. Because Barack says so. 
you pretty much always need to have a healthy level of fear about what you're doing. When you get your drone out, your bunghole should be so tight all the time. You should be flexing your your butt muscles. And that's how you should fly the drone. If you're ever relaxed, if you can ever toot while you're flying a drone, there's a problem. <laughs> there should be no toots. Or it should be very high-pitched. That's quality advice. She'd always, I, I, my, uh, my stepmom rides a Harley, and she said, if there was ever a day I wasn't scared getting on the Harley, I wouldn't ride it. I said, that doesn't sound like a fun hobby. But It's a good point, though. It's a good point. So you should always you should always have fear of of this machine that you're using, um, but you can do it. You should have respect and fear, but you can still do it and have a lot of fun. Awesome. But not go on a joyride. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> hey, it was like the first week I got it. I was very cocky. It was a bad choice. Whose grandma? Whose grandma did you kill? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing I didn't kill anybody's grandma. Soon and it very soon. Could have been bad. She's going to see the king now. <laughs> TJ, if our listeners want to go somewhere to find this awesome drone footage you guys are going, where do they need to check you out? Yeah, check us out on Instagram at Switzer Film, S-W-I-T-Z-E-R-F-I-L-M. You can see all of our aerial stuff, our drone photography and videography on SweitzerFilm.com. Um, find us on Facebook. Be our friend. See when we post our incredible... Sometimes we go live. We go live with the drones. Uh, so follow us on Facebook. Just search Schweitzer Film. And that's it. Awesome. Uh, Falcon. <coughs> Brock Falcontail. Ow. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, guys. It's spectacular as always. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.